Today's lesson from 1 Corinthians 15 is a continuation of where we've already been. And in some ways, I kind of feel like, it's just more of the same. Do I need to give this lesson? And at the same time, it's got an aspect to it that is totally different, really wonderful, and exciting. So I hope you'll turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians. We're going to be studying from verses 35 to 49. As you look back through chapter 15, you can see that the essence of the good news of Jesus is recorded in verse number 3. I deliver to you as of first importance what I also receive, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And then he had all of these witnesses, and that's what he preached, and they believed. And then verse 12, the reason why he's telling them about the gospel, the good news of Jesus who died and was buried and resurrected, he says, now if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? You too are going to be raised from the dead, is his message. We will be raised. Christ was the first one to be raised. He was the first fruits. We too shall be raised. Uh, And the enemy, the last enemy to be abolished is death. So Jesus, when he comes, and the dead are raised, that's the final victory because death has been vanquished. So, We ought to make sure that we are living for God because it's those who belong to Christ who will be raised at his coming. So make sure you belong to Christ. Don't be corrupted. Be sober-minded. Stop sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame, is how we ended last week in verse 34. Shouldn't be living the way you're living, he was telling them. Oh, Corinth was a mess. (laughs) But they had hope. They needed to live for Christ, show that they belonged to him. And then we turn to verse, get to verse 35, and a logical question comes forth, which I'm sure many of you have asked and you wonder about. Verse 35 says, But someone will say, How are the dead raised? And with what kind of body do they come? I would pose it this way, and it's very logical. Oh, man, so what are we going to look like? Am I going to look the same? Jesus, when he was resurrected from the dead, he, he had a, a body that had holes in the hands and feet and a side, but yet he could walk through walls. It doesn't seem like people recognized him, and he just seemed somehow different. What are we going to be like? What kind of body am I going to have? And we kind of picture, if you transport yourself eternally to heaven, uh, you kind of picture yourself talking with people face-to-face like you would here and praising God, singing from your your mouth and voice and noise coming out. So we kind of, we relate heaven to very much of our experience here. After all, there are streets of gold. So if there are streets of gold that we can walk on, we'll have feet, right? So what's it going to be like? What are we going to be resurrected like? How are we going to be resurrected? And there's this aspect, too, of, okay, in the dead, 
They have been dead. Some of the dead in Christ have been dead for a long time. Their bodies have decayed. Their bone, their, some of them, the flesh is totally gone. They're nothing but bones. And some, perhaps, even the bones are deteriorated and gone. So, the body isn't there anymore. You can, and that starts probably bringing up other questions to you, doesn't it? Well, where are they now? Where's their soul? Are they still alive? Where, you know, and we have all these questions. Questions, questions, questions. But the main one right now is, okay, resurrection from the dead. The dead in Christ are going to rise. What are they going to be like? What will that body be like? What will that person be like? Very logical question. People who've been, they died in a tragic fire. They got lost at sea. All those things, it doesn't matter. People that were cremated versus those who were buried in a, a nice, pretty casket. You know, what's, what will we be like? And we all, everybody who dies will end up the same as everybody else. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You might try and slow down the process, but it won't last long. We'll end up as dust. So how will we be raised? What will we be like? What will the dead be like at the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ when he comes and resurrects those who belong to him? Verse 36 then says, um, and I don't know how this, I wonder if I erased it. I don't know when I erased this. Verse 36 has this question, you fool, and it's not a question, statement. Verse 36, you fool, that which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. You fool. Here's the part I erase somehow off of my outline. It seems to be that those people should have known that the answer was going to be that you're going to be something. They should have known what the answer was. And he starts getting into this this answer in verse 36 but by saying you fool i don't think it's necessarily a foolish question but they should have known it he's already talked about this to some degree he's already talked about that the that flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of god back in chapter six so he's leading that he's like you guys should know this you should understand this and he goes on to explain he begins in verse 36, that which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. So automatically in our mind, we, we get the, the picture of a farmer with this seed being sown. Something that's going to go into the ground and in that sense it is going to die. And then it's going to come to life is something different. Verse 37 says, and that which you sow, you do not sow the body which is to be but a bare grain, perhaps of wheat or of something else. You sow a seed, you put it in the ground, and kids do this, one of our first experiments in elementary school, isn't it? How many of you uh, young people have taken a seed and put it in a little plastic cup, and you keep it watered, and eventually you see it sprout up? Have you done that before? Even the adults remember doing that. Who has taken, and some of the adults have gardens. And you take that seed and you put it in the ground. 
and you think it better grow. (laughs) I'm doing all this work. It better grow. It better become something different than a dead seed in the ground. You expect something to come. You don't. So, So a seed dies before it becomes the body which is to be. What you put in the ground is not what you expect to come out. You don't expect that seed just to kind of filter up out of the dirt and, oh, there my seed is back. No, you want that big, beautiful uh, plant that produces great fruit and is a beautiful plant. Perhaps beautiful flowers or wonderful fruit or if Jay were here, he'd want green beans. I know that, right? So what is sown Get sown into the ground, but what is to be, the body which will be, is something different. And in verses 38 through 41, I feel like I'm oversimplifying this a little bit by putting it all together, but I really, I think the main message is you just hear this and it's all the same. There are all kinds of bodies. There are all kinds of different bodies that the Lord God has made. Listen to his point here. Verse 38 through 41. But God gives it, speaking about it being the seed again, but God gives it a body just as he wished, and to each of of the seeds a body of its own. All flesh is not the same. But there is one flesh of men, and another flesh of beasts, and another flesh of birds, and another of fish. So in other words, all different kinds of bodies. Verse 40. There are also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is one and the glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of, here are the heavenly bodies, the sun. And another glory of the moon. Another glory of the stars. For star differs from star in glory. So you have all these different bodies, fleshly bodies, the the earth itself is a body, you got planetary bodies, the sun is another body, all different kinds of bodies. They're all different forms, all fashioned in different ways. So in this life, there are many different kinds of bodies that God has made. Verse 42 through 49, consider my statement here, and we shall read it all in the resurrection. So he's talked about in this life many different kinds of bodies. In the resurrection, the dead will be raised with a different kind of body. Something new, something different. So look at verse, starting in verse 42 with me. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body or a corruptible body. It is raised an imperishable one or an incorruptible body. 43. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. 
So also, it is written, the first Adam, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. As is the earthy, so also are those who are earthy. And as is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. Just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. And as I read this now, this didn't really occur to me before, but even the name Adam means earth. It basically means dirt. That's where Adam comes from. Adam is... is well, excuse me, I might, I might have not, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Now I'm uh, double-guessing double my definition of the, the word for Adam. Man, um, red, comes from the word red related to dirt. So I think I've got it right as I go back there. You, anybody can fact check me now if you'd like. But even as his name comes from the fact that he comes from dirt. Comes from the dust of this earth. But we're going to have, we have a new name now in Jesus Christ, a heavenly name in Christ. And someday we shall be made in the image of the heavenly man, Jesus Christ. So consider these, and I've got a chart for you on the, on the paper. It's just a simple comparison of our, our current body, our fleshly body, that what we are in this flesh, what we wear around, and, and we are... You know, we just think of ourselves in relationship to this body, right? But we're not really, this flesh isn't really us. It's just our shell. It's just kind of something that God has put on us for a time. Our soul or our spirit is what is eternal. We're just here for a time and we're wearing this flesh. So we're just, as we think about this flesh that we're in, this blood, this bones, this, these muscles and this brain and all of this working together. The description of this current body is on the left side of that chart. And our future body, the one that will be raised and on that day when Christ appears and we get to, those who are alive will get a witness, the dead rise to meet Christ in the air. We're going to talk about that resurrection day first. But we're going to get a witness what they're like as they go to meet Jesus. That's the future, future body, the resurrection body that will be. And as you look through all of these verses as we began in verse 42 uh, on down to 49, is that all of these things that I mentioned here are there. A very distinct comparison of what we are now versus what we will be. And number one, perishable, corruptible, breakable, get oldable, <laughs> right? Oh, groanable. As we get older, we groan, don't we? We ache. It hurts. It's not 
fun. I learned my very first year working here, 2002, with Dale Benedict is the one that, he didn't want to teach me this, but he's the one I learned it from, that this idea of growing old and losing your health is such a difficult, such a great tribulation. It's such a trial. And from that time with Dale that first year and seeing how he went from health, and it was because of the throat cancer, that he went from decent health as an older man down to just groaning and hurting and wondering why. And I learned, you know, the last great trial of life is getting old, losing your health. It's greatest trial. And it fits with the Bible, too, because Job had all kinds of terrible tragedies. But God had told the devil, spare his, spare his health. Don't touch him. Don't touch his flesh. But then the devil came back to him and says, God said, okay, now you can, you can take his health, too. Just don't take his life. Don't kill him. And that wore Job down like nothing else. The terrible suffering that he went through with his body. And as we lose our health, that is the last great trial of life. We, this body that we're in, it is corruptible. We aren't going to last forever. There's no fountain of youth for us to drink. Uh, there's no great elixir that, to which will give us life eternal in this body. Thank God. Because our body will break and someday we will die. We are perishable. We are corruptible. And that's a blessing. Because then we'll get a new body. Our future body is imperishable. It is incorruptible. We will be, when we are raised, we'll be in a body that will be better than this body being new. Just imagine if you could go back to your 20-year-old flesh and blood but still know what you know now, right? Wouldn't that be great? Uh, it would be great, but that's not God's plan. It would be pretty cool to maintain our health. But the plan is not that we live forever in good health. The plan is that someday... We get our spirit ready to meet the Lord and then we'll go home to be with Him forever and then we will receive some sort of body that is, first of all, described as imperishable. So young people, what do you think? It's, do you think it's important to take care of this physical body? It is. But even if you take care of it, it's not going to last forever. God wants us to take care of our bodies. God wants us to be healthy. This is, this is where God resides. Our, our temple, our, our body is the temple of God. This is where God resides in us. We are to take care of this body. But what we really need to be concerned about is not having a body that is so perfect that we're going to last forever, but having a spirit that is ready to meet the Lord God. Because we all will perish someday. So take care of your body. But above all, 
take care of your spirit. Be ready to meet Jesus someday. We never know when that will be, when that day will come. So let us be ready to meet Jesus now. Second thing on this list, it says our body, our current body is perishable, and then it says our current body is dishonorable. It is sown in dishonor, is what the scripture says specifically. We're sown in dishonor. Um, I really, I don't know if I have a thought of how our body is dishonorable, but I know that our future body is going to be very different, and it is going to be honored. It is going to be a glorious body, a splendorous body. Our current body doesn't compare with how wonderful our future body will be. The future body, imperishable and full of glory. That's a good thought, isn't it? As you think uh, today, especially if you're hurting or aching or you got some kind of pain going on, and you think about someday in heaven, on the resurrection day and forever in heaven, a glorious body. So these are words to describe it, imperishable and glorious. That's our future body. Well, another description, another contrast, our current body is weak. Some of us weaker than others. Um, I would not want to arm wrestle Brandon, right? Anybody else going to sign up for arm wrestling Brandon? <laughs> Keith will. Then it comes after. We suddenly have an after worship event. Uh, maybe we should uh, plan it out for a couple weeks from now and hype it up. We'll have a big event, but I'll let you do it, Keith. Maybe after Keith and then Stephen and then a few others arm wrestle Brandon, maybe then I'll step in. And Haley's going to do it too. Some of us are stronger than others. But all of us are weak compared to the body that we will have in the resurrection. We're all weak. We're all imperfect. We're all, and, and it comes down to, we, we hear this not just about muscles, but it's about our, our will and our desires. Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He just asked those apostles of his to stay awake and keep watching the garden while I go over here and pray for an hour. And they said, okay, we're, we'll do it for you, Jesus. We'll keep watch. We are willing. Our spirit is willing. And their flesh was weak. We're not going to have that problem of being weak someday. We have been sown in weakness, but we will be raised in power. Somehow, some way. We're going to have our future body will be imperishable, will be glorious, full of splendor, and it will be powerful. Powerful. What so many seek in this life, if we just humble ourselves before God, someday we will be made powerful. Our current body is natural. And this is the most essential piece of it, I think. This is the part that is kind of. To me, it's kind of the, the fabric, the very, the very 
essence of what our body is. In this life, it's natural. Our future body is spiritual. And so now in my mind, I have taken it out of the context of in my, in my flesh, I can, I can see you all. I know what you look like. I know what I feel like. I can hear. I can, there are so many ways that we can see and hear and touch. and We can describe each other. And then, someday, our body will be spiritual. We will be spiritual. What does a spiritual body look like? And then perhaps you could close your eyes and you think about, what is the essence of who you are? Who am I? Spiritually, in Christ, who am I? What will live forever? And I might think about different people in the congregation, and I think spiritually, I know who you are. Perhaps even our gifts describe us, or the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Different people within the congregation, different believers, exemplify some of those spiritual fruits in different ways. And maybe that somehow in your mind, if you can picture somebody, is love. And joy. And that's who we will be. Somebody who is filled with peace. Our our spiritual body can't be described in physical terms. So what we will be is not a natural body, but a spiritual body. So how will we have hands and feet? How will we walk on the streets of gold? Well, you kind of got to figure out what does that all mean. I can't tell you what it looks like, because I don't know. And lastly, our current body is earthly. It is an earthy body. We are made of dust. We are made of dirt. And as man came from dust, so shall he return to dust. But we will not stay dust if we are in Christ. Our future body will be a heavenly body. Isn't this exciting to think about? And we don't know what it will look like. We can't describe, describe it in words other than this, what are given to us. An imperishable body, a glorious body, powerful, spiritual, heavenly. It is going to be different from our earthly body. And my question is, is simply this. Well which one's better? You know, look at this list. Which one's better? Can anybody not answer that? We know which one's better. Our future body. Our resurrection body. Is going to be wonderful. To imagine what we will be like. Is impossible. And scripture, I think, relates this to us. I've got two that need put together here, but go to Philippians 3.21. Philippians 3.21 says this. Um, Well, I'll read verse 20 with it to make sense of it. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory, by the exertion of the power that He has even to subject 
all things to himself. I don't know what the other translations have there, but listen to that beginning part of verse 21. Who will transform? We will be changed. We will be transformed. And it's not going to be a body like the things listed on the left side, but on the things of the right side of that little chart. We will be conformed with the body of Jesus. He will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory. Sounds to me, whatever Jesus is going to look like, that we're going to be changed to look like Him in some form or fashion. Some way we're going to look like our Savior. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. 1 John 3, 2. It says there, Beloved, now we are children of God. In other words, we belong to Him, right? Those who belong to Christ. We are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. It hasn't been revealed yet. The Apostle John, this is one of the 12 apostles that Jesus chose. And he's like, I don't know. It hasn't been revealed to me what we're going to look like. I don't know what we're going to be like, what we will be. And then he says something else. He says, we know that when he appears, we will be like him. Because we will see him just as he is. We will be transformed. We will be changed. To imagine what that's going to be like, we, the best thing we have is to imagine everything good, everything beautiful and glorious and wonderful and powerful about Jesus Christ. And to know that we're going to be transformed into that same image. We'll have a new stamp on us. Not the stamp of earthly things, but a stamp, an image of the heavenly things. That's a pretty neat thought. Even before we get to heaven, those who belong to Christ will rise from the dead with a glorious body fit heaven will be changed will be transformed right you know on this this wonderful picture of even before we get to heaven we're going to be made into a body that's ready for heaven that's exciting that's wonderful i think all of us should logically want that eternal body we should want to have uh to get rid of this earthly tent that we live in and have a new body that won't fall apart won't have pain it'll be stronger and better and what it looks like i have no clue but it's going to be good i look forward to having that body i hope you do too and if you are not in christ jesus today is the day that you should decide i want that body i want to be in christ i want jesus <clears throat> so if you have any need uh, today to give your life to Christ, we encourage you to come as we stand together and sing.